Welcome to another dynamic word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word tonight? All right. Well, we're going to be going uh, to the book of Hebrews in a moment, chapter 11, and then we're going to be going uh, to a few other places, one of which will be Genesis chapter 50, if you want to get ahead of the game just a little bit. We are continuing with our Church on the Rock Family Bible Study Series uh, for 2024, uh, excuse me, 2023. We decided to do this. I'm ahead of the game. I may be speaking in the future, you know. That's one of the marks of, of being a, a visionary is that you live in the future. And we've been uh, talking this year in 2023 about the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We got them covered. And uh, tonight we are continuing uh, with the life of Joseph, with some things, some very pointed things in Joseph's life that, that we can add to our life. You know, the Bible is not just a history book. It is also a roadmap for our lives. I know you've heard me say that a number of times. And uh, it, is, it is absolutely a guide as to how we should process our life and what we can expect from God and the principles that we should engage in. You know, we should have principles before problems. If you do not have a principle before you encounter a problem, then the problem, no doubt, will come along with an issue. And instead of being principle-driven, if you're not watchful, it can become issue-oriented and issue-driven. And the moment that something uh, becomes an issue, all of a sudden it has a face to it. All of a sudden it has a name on it. All of a sudden it has emotionally charged moments that we begin to feel a certain way. And if we're not watchful, we can be driven by our feelings instead of being driven by the Word of God. Instead of being driven by a principle we can be driven by an emotion and so you know if you have a principle in your life thou shalt not steal then when it comes tax time uh, then you will not I mean that's a principle I just will not cheat on my income tax but if you do not have the principle before you are presented with the option that you could get an extra sixteen hundred dollars then you might go, well, you know, I think I did take that trip to Haiti. And I, yeah, you know, I think I did drive those extra miles. Well, I don't know how many miles. I mean, you, can, you can begin to all of a sudden have, have an issue, and the issue can become emotionally charged. I mean, if you have a principle that you are, you know, you're, you're not going to do this or not going to do that, or you are going to do this, you are going to do that, this is the way we live life, then these principle-driven lives uh, is what God expects of us. That's why he wrote the 10 big suggestions. Uh, oh, wait, wait, the 10 commandments. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's what he meant. And uh, take this as a principle. This is a principle of life. You know, don't go to court and lie in order to win or lie for a friend in court in order to win. That's just that, that God says, don't do that. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor, you know. Uh, so it's very important that we, uh, that we embrace principles before we have problems. It's a part of us teaching our family and a part of, of, of me as a pastor, you know, uh, uh, instructing a congregation uh, to, to put some of these principles in your life. Uh, 
so that when life challenges you, you can fall back onto a rock. You can stand up on solid ground on something that God said before you had the problem instead of something you feel after you have the problem. Okay? And by the way, you're going to have problems. In fact, uh, tonight, no matter what I teach tonight, the principle from God's Word says that you will leave here on your way to a test. Okay? There will be a test. No matter what the teacher teaches, there will be a test. Why? Because the devil comes immediately trying his best to disprove the Word of God so that he can rob that seed and rob that foundation from you so you have no place on which to stand. And believe me, your life in God's will is the best it's ever going to be. You cannot get back through sacrifice what you lose from disobedience. You cannot end up you know, uh, uh, living a life of restoration trying to cover up all of the, of, of, of the things. You know, uh, your life in God's way, you doing it God's way is best. It's the sweetest it's ever going to be, and it keeps you from having trouble. It doesn't mean that God won't help you in days of trouble. That's not the message at all. It's just that God has a plan for your life, and His plan is is the best and he'll have a plan tomorrow if there's something that you do you know today that 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 uh, you know uh, affects your future then you get up in the morning and you give it all to god and you watch and see what god will do he will offer you a best from where you are to where he is okay that's how good he is well uh, have you found Hebrews 11? We're talking about the patriarchs, Joseph's bones specifically. And uh, the subtitle is that you just can't keep a good man down. You just can't keep a good man down or a good woman. Okay, uh, But here, man is okay with us. All right, uh, you're, you, you, you can be mankind, male or female. How's that? Hebrews chapter 11, talking about Joseph. Has a, has a verse, verse 22, that speaks of Joseph and the process that he used uh, 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 whenever he came to death's door. It says, by faith, Joseph, when he was dying. Now, hold on a second. When he was dying, he had faith? Yes. You know, you can live in faith and you can die in faith. He had faith. What did he have faith for? Well, Joseph, even on his deathbed, even at his death moment, he had faith for a better day. Isn't that amazing? He had faith. He knew something better was going to happen. He knew something better was going to happen to him. And he knew something better was going to happen to his family. He knew that God was not going to stop where he stopped. He knew that God was going to continue not only to bless his family, but also to bless him after his death. Now, that's, that's just a lot of faith. That's just a, that's a great perspective. I mean, you could stop right there and fold up the book and we could go home and say that, listen, God never stops. That by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, he made mention of the departure of the children of Israel. Something that he saw, something that God gave him that was beyond his lifetime. And he gave instructions concerning his bones. 
Now, if you're not familiar with this particular account, with this particular story in the Bible, then, then, then follow me closely and go back and read all the things that we're going to cover tonight so that you can catch up. But I imagine most of you are a little familiar with Joseph. Yet Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph was the 11th son of, of uh, Jacob. And he was sold into slavery down into Egypt. His brothers really did him bad. But the Bible tells us that God sent him there in order to preserve the whole family, in order to make sure that they were taken care of and that God was getting everything in the promised land, everything in the land of Canaan, ripe. He was getting everything right and ripe for the time. Do you know uh, uh, one of the things that, that a friend of mine said to me a number of years ago, he's since gone on to his heavenly reward. His name was Moses Vey. He said that God is getting you ready for that which he already has ready for you. God is getting you ready right now. He's getting you ready for that which he already has ready for you. You know, God has a plan. And the children of Israel here, he needed to get them ready for something he had ready for them. But it was going to take a long time. In fact, well over 400 years. Genesis chapter 50, the Bible tells us about this moment when Joseph was approaching his death. He was 110 years old. It says, And Joseph said to his brethren, verse 24, Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to a land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him. You remember he lived most of his life from 17 to 110, almost 100 years. He lived in Egypt, and he, was, you know, he, he saved the Egyptians from famine and saved the whole world. He made them a very, very wealthy empire. And so they embalmed him as you would an Egyptian, and they placed his body they uh, he, he was put in a coffin in Egypt you know I mean they well preserved him and put him in a coffin it had been 70 years since Jacob had moved all of the family all of his children down to Egypt and it would yet be another 350 years or thereabout 360 until God would send Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And yet Joseph had a dream. He had a dream that stretched so far beyond where he was. You know, here he's lived in Egypt most of his life and, and he knows he's going to be embalmed and put in a coffin and yet he commands the children of Israel. He takes an oath from his brethren to say, take me with you when you go. I know God is going to visit you and take you out. Take me with you when you go. Why, why, why did he have this dream? Well, a couple of reasons. One, because he was a dreamer. 
That's where we first meet Joseph in Genesis chapter 37. When he's 17 years old, he has a dream. What is his dream about? It's about a better day. It's about a better day for him and a better day for his family. He didn't know exactly what it would look like or, or the process or how it would take place, but he believed the dream. And he watched the dream unfold, even though he went through hardship, even though he went through difficulty, even though he went through a period where he was lied about and put in jail. He was sold as a slave and spent time as a slave, and, and, and he was separated from his family for years, and, and, and he even ruled Egypt, you know, for years. He was, a, he, he, he was a prosperous man. He was a poor man. He, he was a man to be pitied, and he was a man to be envied. But he never lost the fact that what God said to him at 17 years old came to pass. And that gave him such a faith in every dream God would give him. He kept looking back and realizing that what God said to me was impossible, but it happened anyway. Joseph was a dreamer. It came to pass just like God showed him. Almost 100 years later, as I said, he had another dream. Uh, why a dream? Because old men dream dreams. Young men see vision, old men dream dreams. He was pretty old about this time. And God gave him a dream about his next adventure, only his next adventure was way beyond his life. Isn't that interesting? Joseph made his brethren swear, you do not leave me here. Don't leave me behind. And they didn't. Hebrews 11 credits Joseph with having faith. He had faith that even when he was dying, he believed in a better day. He believed in a greater day. He believed in a continuing purpose of God for his life. He believed even... Now, now how much more should we believe? Now, if, if the principle is that we can believe God even in death, we can believe God for a better day for us and a better day for our family, then how much more can we believe God for a better day for us and a better day for our family when we are not facing death, we're just facing bankruptcy? We're not facing death. We're just facing, you know, a turmoil. We're not facing death, but, but, uh, but you know, we got to walk on crutches for a little while. We're not facing death, but, you know, something in our life, maybe, maybe you know, we, 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 we don't have what we want right now. How much more can we believe God that God has a better day for us and for our family? That's what faith did for Joseph. In Exodus, the 13th chapter, the Bible says, So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. <laughs> For he had play, uh, placed the children of Israel under a solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. And so Moses did that. You know, some 350 years, 360 years later. Wow, that's a long time to wait on the promise of God. That's a long time to wait on something that God has shown you that he's going to do. And if, as I said, if you're familiar with the account of the children of Israel, uh, you know that they encountered Pharaoh's army after they left. And, you know, they, they were pushed up against the Red Sea, you remember, and God opened up the Red Sea. They went across on dry ground, and God, you know, uh, drowned all of their enemies in the Red Sea. And, and then they went over to, to Mount Sinai. Now, now, when God drowned the enemies of the Israelites, Joseph's bones were there. <laughs> 
he was safe. Then they went over to Mount Sinai, and God gave them those ten big suggestions. And, you know, who was there? Joseph's bones were there. You know, then they went to Kadesh Barnea, and ten of those silly spies depressed everybody and said, you can't do it, and all the congregation listened to the depressing news and said, I guess we can't. And, you know, who else was there? Joshua, Caleb, and Joseph's bones. I'm going to tell you, Joseph's bones believed they could. Then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years until all the generation over 20 years old that came out of Egypt had died off and been buried in the wilderness, but they didn't bury Joseph's bones there. Joseph kept on going. Everybody else, listen, when everybody else, you know, dies and, 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 and is buried in a wilderness, you don't have to be in a wilderness. You can know where you're going. You can know what God's going to do. When everybody else gets confused and it looks like there's nothing around you but sand and everybody's falling like flies, don't worry about it, okay? What God told you will yet come to pass then Moses died <laughs> wow and Joshua led the children of Israel across the Jordan River and it parted and guess who went across with them Joseph and then for 25 years they fought in battles Joshua and Caleb and 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 led the children of Israel around guess who went to those battles Joseph went to those battles they carried Joseph's bones Ark of the Covenant Joseph's bones wow well, you know, 30 years after they entered the promised land, when they were dwelling, as the Bible says, in rest and in safety all around, Joshua is now 110. He was 80 when they went. He was, you know, 40 when he came out of uh, uh, Egypt. He was 80 when he went into the promised land. He's now 110. He's been leading the children of Israel for 30 years, victory after victory, battle after battle, you know, uh, you know seeing God do what God said he would do. Some well over 400 years after Joseph has been embalmed and put in a coffin. Uh, we come to the last chapter in the book of Joshua. And... Uh, in fact, let's, let's read it in Joshua 24. Joshua's 110. This is, this is Joshua's last speech. Okay. Then Joshua gathers all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. Now he called them to Shechem. Shechem has been called by different names in the Bible and throughout history. One of the names is Sychar. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see it. Uh, di different things happened here. Uh, uh, it's known today. It, 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 it's, it's also known as Samaria. Uh, it, it is uh, known today as the city of Nablus, and it's situated in the valley between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal where Moses told the children of Israel, when you go into the land, go there to that place, and you pronounce the blessings on Mount Gerizim and the curses on Mount Ebal from that place. And that's what Joshua and the children of Israel had done. And uh, uh, it's, it's the very spot where Abraham built his first altar when he came into the promised land. Right there, okay? In fact, it's known for a whole lot of things. Uh, uh, God promised this land to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And let me show you what it, what it looks like today. Okay? Uh, let's see. This, uh, uh, this is a picture uh, that, that, that I took of Mount Gerizim. Uh, 
because we're going to be looking off of Mount Gerizim. Mount Gerizim is, is, is the hill, is the blessed hill, okay, there in this little valley. And uh, uh, show us the, 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 the city. That is the city of the old city of Shechem, Sychar. That's the city looking down off Mount Gerizim across to Mount Ebal over there. And looking down off of this hill there, that is the current city of Nablus, which is also Sychar, which is also Shechem. Okay, uh, See that little, uh, I, I, I wish I had a pointer, but if you can look, uh, you know, the left side of your screen, just, just a little left of center, uh, just uh, a, a little ways up to the left, you see a little stone, looks like a little stone excavation there. That's the altar of Abraham. That's Abraham, where Abraham built his first altar when he came to the promised land, okay? And God said to him there, I'm going to give you this land wherein you are a stranger. Okay, that's the altar, okay? Uh, con uh, continuing here, uh, let's look at the next picture. Of, uh, if we could look, uh, you see kind of, in, almost in the very middle, you see something like, uh, if you can pick it out, uh, something like a little red roof. It's, it's, it's a little different colored roof, okay? That's Jacob's well, okay? That's the well that Jacob dug there. That's the place where Jesus met the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, okay? This is where Jesus, you know, uh, said, you know, you've been married five times and the man you're living with now is, you know, okay. Show us, show us another one here. Uh, let's see if it looks a little bit different. See that little, uh, there's, there's a couple of them. It's that first one that you see there. Um, Anyway, it's got a red roof on it. It's kind of when you're up on the hill, you can kind of see where Jacob's well is, okay? And uh, it's, uh, we did a series, uh, if, if you want to know some more about it, I, I, I did a series of, of, of Bible documentaries uh, here in, in, in this place, and it's, uh, it's uh, several well-known things happened here. Um, if you've read in Genesis chapter 34, there's a story where uh, Jacob and his family was living there and his sons and, and they had a daughter. He had a daughter. Jacob had a daughter named Dinah. And one of the local guys took a fancy to her and ended up forcing her to have sex with him. And he wanted to marry her. And that kind of upset the brothers and upset everybody as it would. And so the brothers said, well, you can't marry her unless you and everybody else get circumcised. And then if you're circumcised, you know, it's an offense to us if you're not. We give you our daughters and you can have our, you know. And, 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 and so uh, the young man's name was Shechem. And his daddy's name was Hamor. Okay. And Jacob had bought a piece of ground from Hamor. And so they said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll get circumcised. So they got circumcised. And on the third day, whenever they were all in pain, Jacob's sons went down upon them and slew them all and killed them. Okay, happened. That, 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 that happened right here. A lot of things happened right here. Uh, you know, um, uh, as I said, I did um, a series of, of biblical documentaries there and... Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, it's some of the most dangerous territory uh, in, in, uh, in all of that land and tour groups. I can't take a tour group there. I've been escorted out of there more than once. And uh, let's, let's look at the next one. Look at this. Uh, uh, you see that? Uh, that's uh, also right there in that valley. That's the tomb of Joseph. That's where Joseph's bones are buried. You see the top of that's blew off there? You see that? Well, 
It's guarded day and night. But that's, that's the tomb of Joseph. Uh, give, uh, give me another one. Uh, picture. And that's, that's the grave. That's where the coffin is, right there. In the, doesn't it look in such disrepair and it looks, you know, broken up? One of the reasons why, well, the reason why is because, you know, there's a real uh, problem going on between the Jews and the Palestinians. And this is Palestinian territory. And, and they have done everything they can to remove any reason that someone uh, of, of the Jewish faith might come there and lay claim to this land because Joseph's bones are here and it belongs to the tribe of Joseph and so they have tried to destroy uh, the you know uh, the things in Jericho is is all you know uh, just dismantled and destroyed and uh, and so is uh, so is this tomb and and uh, a group of, 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 of Jews came at one point uh, before uh, I, I got there and uh, we're going to hold a worship service there and uh, somebody blew it up and blew the it's kind of a little dangerous little area there um, but um, the reason um, uh, the reason we can't take people into that area they just simply don't want anybody visiting there but nonetheless that's where the bones of Joseph are and um, that's where he wanted to be on this plot of ground that his father had bought from Hamor you know uh, Joseph was around 17 whenever his brothers sold him. He went to Shechem looking for his brothers, Sychar. And when he didn't find them there, he asked someone. He went just around uh, Mount Ebal, just a little ways, about six miles to a, to a town called Dothan. And that's where he was sold. So this was one of the last places he was in the land. And so he wanted to go back there and be buried as, you know, as is very perfect uh, for a reason which only God knows. But uh, look, 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 look at this. Uh, when, when, when they blew a hole there, they just gave him a really good view. Because when his eyes opened up at the resurrection, look, he, look what he's going to see first. And they made a hole for him just to go sh straight up through there. That's kind of, you know, your enemy's trying to kill you. Just going, you know, if they succeeded, they'd just send you on to heaven. That just, what's, you know, I mean, what's the big deal in that? Uh, so uh, let me show you one more interesting thing while I'm right here in this area. Right up from... Joseph's tomb is the old city of Samaria, okay, just right up on the hill of Mount Gerizim. And while I was there, there there's still 800 Samaritans living there, and, and they believe that they are the only true descendants of Jacob. They believe that the Jews in Jerusalem and all those other living in Israel are not the real people. They are the real people. And so uh, uh, they believe that, uh, you know, um, they came there with Joshua when Joshua came, and they are the real ones. Uh, I met and did an interview with the high priest of the Samaritans. They have a high priest, and they still follow the law. They still follow Moses' law. And let me show you uh, this picture of uh, uh, their, uh, oh, look, angel, look who that is. There, that's your hubby. Looky there. Running sound, doesn't he? Doesn't he looks like a teenager, doesn't he? There he is running sound. Um, uh, and uh, that guy on the right, the guy on the left in the middle, uh, he's, he's a friend of mine. Been, he's worked for me for so many years. Um, and uh, for, I mean, for decades now, three decades. Uh, but the guy on my left there, which is on the far right, I know he doesn't look like it, but that's the high priest of the Samaritans. Okay? I mean, and, and they're getting ready for Passover. Uh, that year, their Passover was, was uh, one month later, one lunar cycle, one full moon later than the ones in, in Israel. And so uh, he's talking to me and catching me up on how they're doing stuff. And, 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 and go ahead uh, to another. And they, they, uh, uh, it's fascinating to listen to him. They still do, do it like they did 3,500 years ago. 
you know. And uh, he's, he's explaining to me how they get the lamb and put the lamb up and then how they, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, sacrifice the lamb and, and, and how they roast the lamb. Go, go ahead and another one. That, see those poles there? That's what they hang the, the, the lambs up on, one per family. Hang them up there and uh, ceremonially, you know, um, um, slaughter them, sacrifice. Not, it's not a sacrifice. It's we're going to eat this thing. Okay. Uh, but uh, uh, and then they, they catch the blood, drain the blood, and then they, they, they roast them so that they can eat them. And, and isn't that interesting? Well, um, at any rate, let's get back to our story. I thought you all might find that a little interesting. Okay. Uh, many people believe, as I do, that, uh, that Joshua was standing there at the burial site of Joseph when he is making his last speech as recorded in Joshua 24, that he's standing at the place where they're burying Joseph's bones. And one of the things that Joshua says while he's standing there, he says, listen, you know, our fathers, before God called Abraham to this country, our fathers worshipped other gods. Now, if you want to worship other gods, go for it. Okay? I mean, if you want to worship the God of the Amorites, you, you know, if you want to worship some other God, then worship him. But he says this in Joshua 24, 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were on the other side of the river, uh, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's, you know, that's where Joshua made this statement, right there at the graveside. That's what I, 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 I believe, right there at the graveside. Um, and uh, in verse 32, the Bible says, The bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel had brought up out of Egypt, they buried at Shechem, in the plot of ground which Jacob had bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for 100 pieces of silver, and which had become an inheritance of the children of Joseph. Tonight I offer you two takeaways. I know we've shared a lot, but we're talking about you can't keep a good man down. You're not going to keep Joseph down. Joseph is, you know, he's, if God hadn't got him already, he's going in the resurrection with the rest of us. Okay? Why? Because of his faith. Because of his faith in the plan of God. And the two things that I would hope that you would at least take away tonight is, 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 is this idea of daring to dream beyond your lifetime. Dream beyond your lifetime. Don't just dream for you. Dream for you and your family and dream what's going to happen for them uh, and, and what God is going to bless them with and do for them even after you are gone. That's what Joseph teaches me. Is It's not just about me and it's not just about my life. It's about a legacy that I can leave. It's about a faith that I can impart. It's about a truth that I understand. And it's about me wanting to know uh, other people to know that one day... Jesus, God is going to send a deliverer. Jesus is going to come, and you're going to be taken away. Now, when you go away, I want you to know I'm going to be right there with you. I'm not going to be left behind. I'll be there with you. Son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, great-grandchildren. Dream. What can you do? To make sure that they are there. That when it happens, they won't be 
you know, a group dying in the wilderness or left behind or refusing to trust God. You know, I, I, it, it could be another 400 years. And if it is, my hope is that my family will still be serving the Lord. What can I do? What can I dream? By faith, Joseph saw a better day for his family and his future. Amen. Joseph believed in the dream God gave him. His bones still speak today. He looked behind him and saw what God had done and looked ahead and said, He will yet do greater. Look behind. See what God has done and imagine He will yet do greater. A second thing that is important tonight is, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me encourage you. You know, make a decision. Make a declaration. Make a decision. Without respect to what anyone else does, me and my house, from this day forward, from this moment forward, me and my house, that's what you can say just right now. We are going to serve the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to give uh, you know, God place in my life. See what He has done, and yet He will do greater. Find in your past... Something that inspires you concerning your future. God will yet do greater. Amen. He will yet do greater. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Dare to dream beyond your lifetime. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.